This episode is sponsored by Upstart and Mac Weldon. Is Twitter racist? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's certainly home to plenty of racists, but specifically, is a specific algorithm within Twitter that chooses how to crop images for preview racist? Can an algorithm even be racist? <laughs> All right, I, I can already see the confusion on most of your faces, so let's just back up a bit. Have you ever posted a picture on Twitter, and the picture is an especially wide or tall picture, and then the version that shows up on the timeline is cropped in some weird way that makes it look bad or ruins the joke or hides the actual relevant part of the photo? Mm-hmm. It can happen pretty easily. I mean, Twitter crops the preview image of any picture that isn't already cropped to a perfect 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Uh, presumably, they do this to keep the timeline less cluttered. But it doesn't just crop it to whatever's right there, dead center. It actually chooses what to focus on. Yeah, that's been a change that happened uh, over time because yeah. I've noticed that uh, it does, up until this point, I'm like, oh, because well, usually you're not testing it the way that we're about yeah. to talk about. But it's like, oh, it, it actually centered that pretty well. Yeah. Hey, good for you, algorithm. Yeah. Um, but the results, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're annoying and weird and bad. Yeah. But also, sometimes they can seem pretty damn racist. Yeah, over the weekend, a user named Tony Arcieri uh, tried a little experiment. He posted two long images, each featuring a photo of Barack Obama at one end, Senator Mitch McConnell at the other end, and a whole bunch of blank space in between them. Uh, surprisingly, Twitter chose Mitch McConnell's face for the preview crop on both of the images, despite Mitch being at the top of one and at the bottom of another. So... Hmm. Okay, maybe it's the color of their neckties or something. So Tony flipped the colors of the ties, but still, the crops picked Mitch McConnell, the white guy, over Barack Obama, the black guy. Someone else then jumped in and tried to see what would happen if they doubled the number of Obamas. I'm seeing double. Uh, but even with two Obamas next to one McConnell, the algorithm picked McConnell. Now, Tony Arcieri was then able to finally achieve different results by inverting the colors, with the algorithm now cropping one image to blue Mitch and one image to blue Barack. So someone else then tried the same experiment with a stock photo of a white businessman and a stock photo of a black businessman. And uh, once again, in four different attempts, Twitter chose the white businessman. Someone else then tried taking things even further to an extreme with a column of 11 stock photos of a black man with one single stock photo of a white man, and Twitter still picked that lone white guy. So, okay, I don't know, maybe in this case it's just choosing the one face that's different from the rest. Except no, because when someone tried the opposite, 11 white faces and one black face, it still picked the white face. Uh, this person here even tried a stock photo of a black man and then the same exact photo but with a white face over it, like Hannibal Lecter style. Yeah. And the algorithm thought that this horror show was more relevant than the perfectly normal looking person not wearing a human face as a mask. Yeah, th there was like a couple hypotheses around this. Like, well, in the picture, Mitch McConnell has a bigger smile or mm -hmm. something like that. And everyone kept trying different yeah. ways to like... It was the biggest like social science experiment yeah, like, I've seen in a while oh on Twitter. Oh my God. And the results, while horrifying, it was hilarious that it took so many attempts to get anything to work correctly. Yeah. And it just never really did unless you inverted the... I remember the I was scrolling this thread like over the weekend just like, wow, this... Like, the first one, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And just like more and more applies. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, after a while, it's like, well, this is intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is going on here? Clearly, the algorithm wants to crop images around faces. But how does an algorithm know what a face is? Well, algorithms only know what humans train them to know, so with faces, that means feeding it a bunch of pictures of faces and telling it, that's a face. 
And if the vast majority of faces that you feed that algorithm are white faces, and you don't go out of your way to train it that, uh, hey, there's other non-white faces out there, you're going to have an algorithm that probably is going to heavily favor white faces when it's playing find the face. Yeah. Hey, look, that's the thing you taught me to point out. Yeah. Uh, and this has been an ongoing, much-discussed problem with AI and facial recognition for a long time now. We, we've covered it as recently as like a yeah. week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, we've previously discussed on this show how facial recognition programs used by law enforcement often can't tell black people apart, which is a pretty serious problem in a country where simply being a suspect of a crime can be a death sentence. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to stuff like that, this is maybe less of a big deal, but it's all part of the same problem of AIs either not recognizing non-white faces as faces or seeing them as less of a face than a white face that might be next to it. Mm -hmm. And with AI becoming more and more a part of just like how the world works, that is something to worry about. So it is a good thing that after these posts started going viral, Twitter employees actually addressed the need to get to the bottom of this and, and uh, figure out why their algorithm does this and I, uh, try to do something about I it. I guarantee you those Twitter employees did the same thing that everyone else did. Where they're like, the first one, they're like, huh, that's strange. Probably shouldn't have happened. And then <laughs> 10 posts later, we're like, wow. we're in a lot of trouble here. Hmm. Did you see the one where they put Justin Trudeau and yeah, then Justin Trudeau in blackface and it picked him as like the normal one? I mean, with that one, it was like, it was the shitty like black and white high res blackface yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a funny example. There's yeah. a lot of, we'll get to a lot more funny examples of this <laughs> in a second. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully they do something about this. I mean, it's likely that it wasn't even Twitter's algorithm. They probably licensed it from someone else, which is actually scarier because this same facial recognition, whatever data could be being used by all sorts of programs right yeah. now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this issue, it actually goes a lot deeper than just black faces versus white faces. And uh, maybe these next few examples, they might just be confirmation bias. But this shit goes deep. Yeah, this is some real Matthew McConaughey, like, smoking a cigarette sort of shit. Yeah, remember the old Simpsons bit with the black comedian saying, black guys drive a car like this, white guys drive a car like this. <laughs> Elliot uh, is famous for yeah. loving this one. Well, someone fed both uh, those stills to Twitter, and it picked the white guy drives a car like this still both times. What is, is going on? Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, speaking of The Simpsons, someone fed the algorithm pictures of Lenny and Carl, and it picked Lenny both times. And if you were wondering to yourself earlier what would happen if it was a picture of a black man and another picture of the same black man in whiteface, well, here's Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle in whiteface. And Twitter picked white Dave Chappelle both times. And hell, here's, here's some dogs. Even with pictures of dogs, the algorithm picked a white dog over a black dog. Undeniable. Yeah. Now, obviously, not all pictures have a black guy and a white guy to choose between. Um, and, yeah, Twitter still has to choose where the focus of the image is for their crop. So, I mean, the testing possibilities here are kind of endless. You can do this with any two photos. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, here's Senator Ted Cruz and also that exact same picture of Ted Cruz, but with big old anime breasts. And Twitter clearly likes breasts because that's what it picked both times. They time. get more views. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now I want, a, I want a Ted Cruz anime titty mouse pad. So you mm -hmm. rest your wrist on it. Yeah. That's what I need. Uh, how about this? Uh, will Twitter choose former President Barack Obama or will it choose Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z sticking out his big thick butt? That's right. Thick butt. Piccolo it is. Mm -hmm. That's what gets the clicks. We even tried this experiment with pictures of the two of us taken from a recent episode. It's the same background, same lighting. We're both wearing hats. Both wearing LAFC hats, to be yeah, even more specific. Weird. And it shows me over Ricky every single time, even with 
multiple Rickies. I, I, I ran this experiment so many times, it never picked you. That's because your parents, your liberal parents, kept you inside doing doodles all day, and I was a beach baby. Because yeah. my mom and dad just wanted to party all the time. So I was on the beach 24 hours a day. So I got a nice base layer going. Yeah. I mean, also, I go on walks all day, every day. Was it like, okay, this man is clearly, uh, he's slightly more tanned. He has the slightest hint of a mustache. So that must be a Mexican I'm looking at. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, well, sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the white guy. I mean, it, it could be, it, we don't know why. Is it, is it the glasses? Is mm-hmm. it, is like beard and glasses just an easier pattern for it to pick up? But like, well, this I'd, was... Fucking weird. I was holding on to this news to break it to you in private, but I've accepted a teaching gig at George George Washington University. Teaching uh, African-American so, studies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They called me up when they saw the Twitter yeah. algorithm. We got a we have an open vacancy. <laughs> well, you're, you're really black, though, right? Yeah, no, we had, a little, we had a problem with that last Twitter time. said so. It's fine. All right, cool. Yeah. The algorithm didn't pick you? Yeah. All right. I don't even need the DNA test. Yeah. Twitter has clearly chosen. But Joe Biden said, buddy, if the, if the Twitter algorithm picks you, you ain't black. Yeah. Did anyone do a Joe Biden versus uh, Donald Trump? Uh, I think I saw one that was like cartoon version. Then it picked Biden. So There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, in addition to the race issue, uh, there's clearly a lot more at play with how Twitter's algorithm chooses to crop photos. Is it contrast, color saturation, smiling, the presence of text, the background, big, fat anime titties? We don't know. Mm-hmm. It's probably a combination of all of those things. And asking a machine learning algorithm to actually choose the most important part of an image is actually a lot to be asking of it. (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe just let people choose how their image is going to be cropped. That seems like it would solve a lot of the problems. Yeah. They already have a thing where you can select the sizes. Just select the highlighted area. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be that big of an issue. Yeah. But Could have avoided it, all of this. Twitter's going to be like, well, you, you know what happens when you give people too much freedom on their social platforms? It turns into MySpace within five minutes. You got people's <laughs> songs playing on their profiles, rotating, glistening, yeah. animated gifts of roses. And then top eight. These are my top eight friends. <laughs> Sorry, you're not in it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look, if you, for some reason you upload an image that's too tall or too wide for the preview to crop, maybe you should just have the ability to drag something yeah, over it. It's like, what? Where? Do, how do you want this crop for preview purposes? Okay, right here. The thing I want to show. You know who would love this? Businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in almost any actual, like, business medium, like, if you go to, like, uh, get uh, flyers or business cards or whatever printed, they have that zone that's like, hey, this is the safe zone. Maybe Twitter should have well, that. And, like, the, the trick that people have used to get around this is taking, you know, a long, tall image... Mm-hmm. putting a box around it so the image is 16 by 9. <laughs> but if you open up that image on your phone, you've now got borders on four sides and just a tiny sliver of an image in the middle. It's fucking dumb. Even the Apple chip is going to fizzle out with this kind of processing power. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, the, look, this is something that is is and was and will continue, at least in the near future, to be an issue with AI. Yeah. Uh, it's great that people found it, though. It's like you, you, this. people wouldn't have noticed it unless it went viral, and then Twitter can actually focus on fixing the problem. Yeah, but it's also it's a problem that's completely unnecessary. Like, we don't need AI to do everything. No, no. We can do things ourselves. We can do things ourselves. Yeah. And we're, we're actually pretty good at it. And if someone has a bad crop on an image that they're sharing, we'll all know it's their fault. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, moving on now to a different social network that is somehow steeped in even more controversy than the one with the possibly racist algorithm, TikTok. Mm. And uh, that controversy is, of course, because the Trump administration ordered them to either shut down U.S. operations or sell to a U.S. company by September 20th or maybe September 15th. They were never totally clear on that, <laughs> but I guess it was September 20th. Yeah. And that was all on the grounds that the Chinese-owned app is a national security risk. Well, September 20th has come and gone, as has September 15th. And uh, last week, we told you that the whole situation had been resolved just in time, thanks to a deal between TikTok parent company ByteDance and the U.S. company Oracle. Yeah, I guess it's all... See you later. I guess that's taken care of. So, yeah, Oracle bought TikTok, right? Well, no, not at all, actually. The deal was reported as Oracle becoming TikTok's trusted technology partner. Meaning uh, that's a thing that exists. It means TikTok's U.S. data would be stored on Oracle servers, with Oracle's job being to prevent the Chinese government from using any back doors to get it to the data. It's unclear how exactly that would work, or if it's even technically possible with an international app like TikTok that's constantly being updated, but that's where we are now. Also, what's Oracle doing with that data? Just because it's yeah. hosted here in the U.S. doesn't mean that they're not using it for some nefarious yeah, when, purpose. When a foreign app collects your data, that's, you know, that's step one to go into war. Yeah. But if, you know, Mark Zuckerberg does it. It's completely fine. It's fine. Uh, anyways, that's where we were last week, actually, because uh, this saga, it hasn't reached its conclusion. It's still happening. Yeah. Please stop it from happening. Yeah. So despite that deal with Oracle, it was reported on Friday that the U.S. Department of Commerce ran by that... Wilbur Ross fellow, mm -hmm. uh, they were going to go ahead and just uh, start restricting access to both TikTok and WeChat anyway, starting on Sunday the 20th. Fuck it. Meaning that the apps would no longer be available for download from the App Store or Google Play Store, and updates and patches would also be blocked. Oh my god, imagine having an iPhone with Fortnite and TikTok on wow. it. Wow. Jesus, walking around like King Midas. Valuable. <laughs> Uh, for WeChat, the restrictions would have been even more strict, with ISPs banned from even allowing WeChat internet traffic. So TikTok would be crippled in the U.S., but WeChat would be effectively fully dead and in the U.S. We should probably remind you that, like, WeChat isn't just used by Chinese spies. Yeah, it's There's a lot of people that use WeChat specifically, like uh, Chinese-Americans who are talking to family back home. Yeah. Uh, businessmen who are doing legitimate business deals. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an international uh, messaging app. Uh, yeah. But yeah. used by a lot of people, including a lot of people in the United States. Yeah. But uh, look, none of that happened. So, oh, okay. well, TikTok got a stay of execution because Trump came out at the last second and said, I have given the deal my blessing. If they get it done, that's great. If they don't, that's OK, too. I approve the deal in concept. What? <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Uh, and somehow that was the least confusing this thing this man said yeah. all weekend. Following that announcement, the Department of Commerce said it would delay the TikTok shutdown for another week. <laughs> all right. You get seven days. Just keeping people on edge as much as possible with, yeah. in every aspect of daily life. Yeah. Uh, as for WeChat, the messaging app that originally got the same ultimatum as TikTok, a judge issued a preliminary injunction blocking the Commerce Department's ban on First Amendment speech grounds. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's literally one of the main ways people in the U.S. communicate with people in China. And like I said, it's a lot of family members. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that that would happen. <laughs> yeah. It's The whole thing is such a mess. And... We knew a month ago that this was too short of a timeline to do anything. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an absurd request. Yes. Um, anyway, that deal with Trump that Trump approved of in concept uh, that also changed in the meantime with 
Walmart joining the party <laughs> alongside Oracle. Time to roll back that restriction. Yeah. So Walmart's actual role is entirely unclear, but they'll be a part owner of a new entity called TikTok Global that will be traded on the U.S. stock market with the ownership breaking down to 12.5% Oracle, 7.5% Walmart, and 80% ByteDance, the Chinese company that owns TikTok. Oh, wow. So a Chinese company will still own the vast majority of this new American TikTok. Um, but <laughs> because 40% of ByteDance is actually technically owned by U.S.-based venture capital firms, the Trump administration's logic here is that TikTok Global will be majority U.S. owned by a, a slim margin. My job here is done. But like also by that logic, TikTok was already 40% U.S. owned. Yes. So all that just for an extra like 15%. Great. So does this solve any of the original supposedly deadly serious national security concerns that led to this whole circus? Well, that's certainly questionable. But uh, hey, Oracle got a huge new customer uh, for their cloud data business. So that's good for them, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, then Walmart gets access to a bunch of user data to presumably sell crap to teenagers. Yeah. Good nice. for them, I guess. Uh, and surely it's just a coincidence that Oracle chairman Larry Ellison is a huge Trump supporter and donor, as are several members of the Walton family who own most of Walmart. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Crony capitalism is what China does. We don't do that here, folks. No. But uh, no. if there was one thing we were going to steal from TikTok, it was the great ideas that <laughs> led them to the success that TikTok was. Anyways, that's where we are now. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we got another Sunday coming up. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, there's still the possibility that China tries to block the deal or make it more complicated than it already is. So... Certainly not the last we're going to hear about any of this. I don't think they're going to take this lying down because this is a this is a huge slap in the face to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all about respect. It's all about respect when you're dealing with the Chinese Communist Party. This is a, a big, big sign of disrespect. Mm -hmm. They're going to they're going to make this harder than it needs to be. If they weren't already using TikTok to fuck us over, they might start. Yeah, what a mess. So, uh, what an absolute cool. fucking mess that uh, no one benefited from except for two large corporations. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We did it, everyone. Solving none of the issues that yeah. prompted this in the first place. You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> didn't I? Anyway, speaking of social video, let's check in on YouTube. Uh, we need your help, everyone. The site you're on right now. Yes. Uh, hopefully, you didn't have to click through an automated age gate to see this video. Because YouTube let all us creators know this week in an email that uh, effective immediately, quote, we'll be expanding the use of automated systems along with our team of expert reviewers to apply age restrictions to videos that aren't appropriate for all ages. With greater safeguards in place, you may see videos on your channel placed behind an age restriction, which limits the content to viewers who are at least 18 years old. We anticipate little to no impact to your video's monetization, as age-restricted videos are likely not suitable for all advertisers and will have already been rated as limited or ineligible for ads. As always, you can appeal an age restriction if you believe this was applied in error. Cool. Uh, lots to unpack there. First of all, uh, regardless of if it impacts monetization or not, it will impact views. Yeah. So essentially, if you didn't have to click through anything to watch this video, you're probably logged in and you've probably indicated that your age yeah. is above 18. And, and we don't have too much to worry about because we've seen our demographic and you're all yeah. older yeah. leaning. But the problem is if like you saw this video link on Twitter and weren't logged in or maybe you were not logged in on your phone, it's an extra step, and that's going to knock uh, a yeah. pretty significant it has portion an effect. of the, the viewer base off. And also, like, these 
restrictions. This is more restrictive than Pornhub.com. Yeah. Pornhub.com, <laughs> you don't even have to click anything. You can just go on and start watching hardcore pornography. Yeah. Meanwhile, if we say the fuck word, you have to log in to watch our videos now. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to make a plea to everyone. Please create your account if you haven't already. Yeah. Stay logged in and do us a huge favor. We rarely ask for this because we know how annoying it is. But click the bell. Yeah. We never ask you to click the bell. Never. Click it's the bell. It's obnoxious most of the time. But it, can you can you not only click it? Can you smash smash that the bell, bell and the likes? Not too hard. You want to keep it preserved because we rely outside of YouTube for monetization with sponsors and stuff like yeah. that. So if those views go down, so do we. Mm-hmm. And it's already been a shitty year. Yeah. And wouldn't that be a terrible way to end things? Yeah. So, obviously, most of the people who watch this, like I said, you have accounts. You're over 18. Hopefully, it doesn't affect us that much. But uh, it's going to affect a lot of channels out there. Yeah. And everything on YouTube is based on views, and this is bad. Uh, it, it means that uh, our videos, though, will probably get buried even deeper by the algorithm. And that is what tends to happen when you get demonetized for not being advertiser friendly. And this, they've always denied that this happens, but demonetized videos, they do worse because they show up less often in recommendations on the sidebar. And sometimes they don't show up in this subscriber feed. Yeah. And I do have to say that we accurately mark because they, they give you this thing behind the scenes. There's a whole fucking survey you have to figure out now. You have to, you like, have to type in or you have to indicate what your video has. And we always do it. Absolutely correctly. Do we have profanity? Yes. Yeah. Do we talk about the coronavirus? Yes. Do we have does do we mention guns? Yes. And we'll get green on all those. Like, okay, well, you didn't it's not too bad, so we'll put this up. Yeah. And then some fucking asshole sorry, reviewer comes up. Now they're and, really gonna get us. I know, and clicks the yellow button, and when they and even though it's completely right, and we've mm-hmm. actually had it overturned multiple times. Yeah. They turn that yellow button on, we're immediately age restricted. It's harder to watch our videos than watch a a dude getting it would be nice if they're in addition to all these other algorithms they had an algorithm for like this channel usually tells the truth yeah and we should uh, maybe well, give them less of a hard time so they kept, in theory they do they have the trust rating yeah. but our trust rating gets screwed because the human re- reviewer goes in and looks at it and says well they talked about coronavirus that's pretty much the same thing as showing footage of people getting blown up in one of the wars so we're going to go ahead and say that this is a mass casualty video. Yeah. That we're going to mark the last, like, 20 videos. And it, it, oh, sorry. Your your trust rating just fell to zero. Exactly. Uh-oh. That's that's exactly what happens, and it's so frustrating. So, again, I say, we never say this. Hit the fucking bell. Please. <laughs> Anyways, in fairness, in fairness, YouTube, they do have reasons for making these changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be better if they just hired more humans that weren't uh, idiots. But... Yeah. Uh, Specifically, a a former content moderator is now currently suing YouTube for allegedly giving her depression and PTSD due to watching so many videos of beheadings, child abuse, and other disturbing content. I mean, think about the most disturbing video that you've ever watched, and now imagine having to watch that video and videos like it all day long as your job. Mm -hmm. We've talked about these kinds of jobs at uh, Facebook and how miserable it makes the people doing it, Uh, but YouTube... Of course, they're also home to all sorts of reprehensible content, and uh, artificial intelligence can only do so much to combat it. Uh, At some point, a human has to be involved, and like with Facebook, it sounds like YouTube doesn't do a very good job at trying to keep their content moderators sane and healthy in the process. Yeah. From CNET, who first broke the story, 
The proposed class action lawsuit accuses YouTube of violating California law by failing to provide a safe workplace for content moderators and not doing enough to safeguard their mental health. Moderators spend more than four hours a day reviewing graphic video content because YouTube is, quote, chronically understaffed, the suit says. These long hours run afoul of YouTube's best practices, according to the lawsuit. Workers are required to review between 100 and 300 pieces of content per day with an error rate of 2 to 5%, creating stress and increasing the risk that content moderators develop psychological trauma from the job, according to the lawsuit. The former moderator, who isn't named, is seeking medical treatment, compensation for the trauma she suffered, and the creation of a YouTube-funded medical monitoring program that would screen, diagnose, and treat content moderators. She worked at YouTube through the staffing agency Calabera in an office in Austin, Texas from January 2018 to August 2019. Calabera and YouTube didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Uh, during her time on the job, the worker saw thousands of disturbing videos that showed graphic images such as people eating from a smashed open skull, school shootings of dead children, a fox being skinned alive, and a person's head getting run over by a tank, the lawsuit said. Jesus. She suffered from psychological trauma from the job and paid out of pocket to get treatment, according to the lawsuit. And I don't even know if we should bleep some of those words I said because this video is going to get age-gated because of it. Listen, moderator who's age-gating our video, please. we sympathize with you. We're telling the we story. Want, we want you to get better health benefits uh, for your shitty job. We've said it multiple times, too. We support you. Uh, we just think that, uh, you know, being a bit unfair. Yeah. Sometimes. Let's make a deal. You you choose not to demonetize and age-gate this video, and we'll keep reporting on uh, yeah, how uh, poorly YouTube treats you. Yes. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, also from the article, YouTube also didn't do enough to provide support for these employees after they started their job, according to the lawsuit. The company allows workers to speak with wellness coaches, but the coaches don't have medical expertise and aren't available to moderators who work at night. The ex-moderator who is suing YouTube sought the advice of a wellness coach in 2018 after she felt traumatized by a video she reviewed. The coach recommended the worker take illegal drugs and didn't provide any resilience training or ways to cope with her symptoms, according to the lawsuit. Another coach told a content moderator to just trust in God. The Human Resources Department also didn't provide content moderators with any help, and YouTube requires workers to sign non-disclosure agreements, making it harder for them to talk about their problems. That wellness coach, Kanye West. Trust in God. Yeah. God's uh, plan. Buy land. Anyways, the lawsuit is being handled by the same law firm that successfully sued Facebook on behalf of content moderators who said almost the exact same stuff about their jobs, winning $52 million. Though, when you break it down, the content moderators themselves, as is tradition, yeah. didn't walk away with a whole lot. And many are still dealing with the PTSD and will keep dealing with that for the rest of their lives. doesn't really go away so easy. We can probably expect a similar outcome here and plenty more similar lawsuits in the future if companies don't take a more proactive approach on this subject. And, uh, you know, if those moderators don't exist, then any YouTube video with a black guy in it's just going to get cropped out completely. <laughs> You're not going to be able to see anything. Hey, we noticed your video is in a weird aspect ratio. We went ahead and cropped it for you. Uh, it, if YouTube had their way, it would only be showing you in this entire video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, before we get to more news, it's time for a word from this week's sponsors, starting with Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone's looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high-interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now's the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high-interest credit card debt. I wish this company was around 10 years ago when I was... Neck deep in. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and your job history in the form of a smarter rate. 
Uh, you don't need a degree or a diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. So it's just a soft pull. It doesn't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with the application. Now, the best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the next business day. Over 40,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com newsday to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com newsday. Uh, here's the disclaimer. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. There you go. Beep. And the episode today is sponsored by one of our favorites, Mac Weldon. Literally wearing Mac Weldon sweatpants right now. I love my Mac Weldon underwear. They mm -hmm. keep me sanitary underwear, and fresh. socks. I, I'm a fan. The pants. Love the pants. Mm -hmm. uh, the new normal uniform has a lot of us searching our closets and drawers for men's essentials that just aren't there. Instead of the usual business casual button-ups and jeans, it's soft-knit polos, tees, joggers, and active shorts. Whatever men's basics you need, Mack Weldon has you covered with unmatched comfort and fit. Mack Weldon is a men's essentials company with socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, and active shorts that promise comfort and a consistent fit. They look great. They feel great. I'm going to have to order uh, some hoodies and more sweatpants soon because, uh, well, I mean, not Winter's soon coming. In time to really start dressing. But uh, fall started this week. Oh, yeah. Fall. Well, we have another week of like 100 degree weather and then yeah. it'll start cooling off. Yeah, then you can really start dressing. Anyways, from working out, going out, going to work or on a date or sitting behind that laptop and going mm -hmm. on a virtual meeting, Mac Weldon is for everyday life. Yeah. Now, like the last six months, I have almost exclusively worn my various Mac Weldon pants, shorts, whatever. I love them. You can really get away with Wearing them out on the town as well. They are going to fool people. They're extremely comfortable, but they look like you're, you actually care about what you're wearing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Life hack. Uh -huh. Mack Weldon's wide range of customized fabrics can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And with Weldon Blue, their totally free loyalty program, level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Damn. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. That is MacWeldon.com slash Newsday, promo code Newsday for 20% off. Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics. Get the underwear and the pants. You will... You'll love it. You're going to like the pants. All right. Back to the news now, though. Uh, this coronavirus thing, I don't know if we should say that out loud to get this video age-gated. Uh, it sure has messed everything up for a lot of people, hasn't it? The job market sucks. A lot of people have lost their income. And with the U.S. now past the six-month mark with the virus and no more economic stimulus in sight, a lot of people are basically shit out of luck, and they're being evicted from their homes. It's been called an eviction crisis, and in addition to its effect on the tenants being evicted, it's probably going to have serious long-lasting negative effects on the entire economy. But that doesn't mean there is an opportunity to be found in this crisis. Uh, for example, if you're staring down the possibility of your own eviction, why not sign up the, with this new gig economy startup, Civil, and help landlords evict their tenants? Hey, boss, who you need me to go kick out today? Mm -hmm. Hey! So civil, that's C-I-V-V-L, uh, which Motherboard calls Uber, but for evicting people. What, what a lovely name, too. Yeah, uh, they describe themselves as, uh, on their website as the fastest growing money-making gig due to COVID-19. 
And they've been posting Craigslist ads all across the country, which all read, Unemployment is at a record high, and many cannot or simply are not paying rent and mortgages. We are being contracted by frustrated property owners and banks to secure foreclosed residential properties. There is plenty of work due to the dismal economy. We're seeking clean-out crews, eviction crews, independent contractors, and process servers. We need some muscle. Yeah. Uh, they promise up to $125 an hour. That up to is always a big red flag. Yeah. Uh, but also a flexible schedule, quick payments, and plenty of work assignments. Um, You're your own boss. Yeah. So this job opportunity, which might mean the difference between having a place to live and being evicted for a lot of people, is literally evicting other people from their homes. It's dystopian as hell. I hate it. Evict yourself. Make some money while you're doing it. Ha, yeah. It's also got to be emotionally difficult for a lot of people. Uh, in a recent CNN report on evictions, a guy working for a landlord clearing out an old lady's apartment can be seen crying and telling the cameras, maybe today it's her, tomorrow it's me. Yeah, this is rough to, rough to watch. Yeah, but hey, uh, work is work. Uh, sorry, I, I don't know. Anyways, in case you don't know, the CDC ordered a halt to all evictions nationwide at the beginning of September. You just need to fill out a written declaration. And there's lots of tenants' rights groups out there to provide resources if you're worried about eviction. So please seek all the resources that are available yeah, to if you. If your landlord comes this. to you and says you got to go, don't just take them at their word. Don't trust them. Don't trust your landlord. Landlords they rely on you being stupid and, and, and not looking this up. Yeah, they're, they're not your friend. No. They will do whatever they can to get you out. But you have at least a few months of leeway right now, as long as you know your rights and you don't let your landlord in- intimidate or lie to you. So please use the resources that are available. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, oh, another trick they try to do is that when they try to take you to eviction court, a lot of times, this is like straight out of the landlord playbook, is to try to get you to not even bother showing up. They're like, look, we got this in the bag. You're wasting your time even showing up to court, like, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. They do that because if you show up and, like, provide, you know, evidence of your finances and, like, and you actually, like, question, you know, like, you know, how good of a tenant you were, how often you did pay rent, while, like, it, the, you have a much better shot at holding on to your apartment for at least a little while. Yes. If you don't show up, you you lose. You give up. And yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's tough. Uh, a lot of, despite the CDC order, a lot of states and, like, cities are just like, hmm, I think we'll interpret this our own way. But, like, you definitely, there, you, you've got a chance. There's resources. If only we had a national plan. Nah, that sounds like communism. If only we had a structured plan that would allow people to stay in their homes and apartments, while at the same time, landlords weren't facing bills that were piling up at the same time. Yeah. It's almost like that could have offset this. Or we could have just gone into a real lockdown for like two or three weeks. Well, this is what I've been saying since the beginning of this shit is that all they had to fucking do was be like six to 12 weeks. We're suspending rent. We're suspending mortgages. So landlords landlords don't have to worry about money either. So Mm -hmm. that that covers all that. And for for mortgages, it's not even like the banks would be losing money. You just say move these four months to the end. Just, yeah. We bailed uh, you out 10 years ago. Yeah. Do us a favor. If they had just done those two things. Also, we're going to send everyone like 500 bucks uh, every two weeks for free. Yeah, if they'd done that plus whatever little like stimulus package or whatever, even mm. even if it was like EBT or one of those like nanny state fucking like you can't spend it on anything but food. We're giving you a Ralph's gift card. Yeah, <laughs> even if it was that kind of shit, like way more people would have been like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll just go buy, go to Costco, <laughs> fill up my fridge and just chill here for a couple weeks. But they never did that. So, like, right off the bat, the the real estate market was just like, hold on a second. 
Wait, wait. Ugh. You're telling me I can't kick people out onto the street? And uh, yeah, I, I, and I'll say it again. Like, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whatever's left of society, hopefully it's very good. Would love to see that. No, I, but like looking back on this fucking year is going to be like telling a war story. Like, oh, you couldn't believe how stupid everything was. Yeah. At all the times. The solutions were simple and they were right there. But, uh, well, we didn't do any of them. Yeah. Because the economy. The abundance of Karen videos only started slowing down because the Karens got bored. Yeah. They're like, man, I'm tired of going out and causing trouble all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's like a kid. You just leave them alone long enough, they get bored. Anyways, moving on now. Yeah. A few years back, we talked about the annual Ig Nobel Prize, which is an award ceremony for scientists who enjoy a nice little goof. Mm. Uh, The Ig Nobel Prize is awarded to scientific research that's unusual and or trivial, and its stated goal is to honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. So uh, let's look at a few of this year's winners. Uh, First up, the award for acoustics was given to a team of researchers who got an alligator to bellow in an airtight chamber filled with helium to test whether alligator vocalizations are a way to communicate to other alligators how big they are. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems they they discovered that, yes, somehow. I I looked at the audio, though. I was hoping the alligator would be like, it wasn't. It was just a very slight difference. Still very deep. And then that alligator floated away. Yeah. Uh, The award for psychology went to a study that found that distinctive, well-groomed eyebrows can be a physical sign of narcissistic personality disorder. Jeez, Eugene Levy's like the nicest person on earth. You think? You think? No, he doesn't trim them at all. They're just wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His eyebrows are distinctive. They're not well-groomed. No, they're not well-groomed. They're wild. And they're... uh, That's why you know he's a nice guy. Like, I bet if you Photoshop normal eyebrows on Eugene Levy, he'd be unrecognizable. His son has somewhat normal eyebrows. Now, his son is clearly his father's son. He's, his, he looks, they look identical. Well, he, yeah, he's got the half-Gentile Eugene Levy eyebrows, which are toned down a bit, but he still looks like Eugene Levy's son. Yeah, there you go. His mm-hmm. daughter doesn't look anything like him. No. Uh, the Ig Nobel Prize for Peace went to the governments of India and Pakistan for having their diplomats ring each other's doorbells in the middle of the night and run away, which is apparently a real thing that happened in addition to a ton of other passive-aggressive and straight-up aggressive incidents between the two rival countries. Yeah, they're... Uh... I mean, obviously, those two countries fucking hate each other, but I, I didn't know the lengths to they it. They like a good romp. Yeah, they're always just, like, uh, turning off each other's electricity, like, just real juvenile. No, stuff. that one was for the hospital. But, they're, yeah, their diplomats literally ding-dong ditch each other in the middle of the night. Yeah, well. Really get them. I wonder if they've TP'd each other's houses. Probably. Uh, the Ig Nobel Prize for Physics went to a study of Faraday waves, which are the distinctive shapes and patterns that you get when you vibrate liquid at specific frequencies. They're very cool. Yes. I love watching videos of them. Anyway, the researchers wanted to know if you'd get Faraday waves by vibrating earthworms. And uh, the answer apparently is yes. That's how you find earthworms too, right? You have to like vibrate the ground? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you, they... you, uh, you go, if you're hunting for worms, you go around, you make some, you like stomp on the ground in certain places. Or oh. People get like these poles with ridges on them and you put the pole like an inch into the ground and you uh, go up and down it. Like, yeah, you go get some worms. Service. If you need to go fishing and you need worms. I need worms. And I'm buying the store-bought worms. That's how birds do it. Birds sit there and go. Huh. Do they they think it's raining? they come up? Yeah, I think they come up to get water or something. Interesting. And then they just die. They get ripped out. Yeah. I mean, they're worms. Who cares? Uh, And they're basically liquid. So, yeah, if you put them on a resonating speaker, they start 
Involuntarily forming shapes. They should have just hooked some electrodes to that. Uh, remember when all those worms got wrapped together in that sewer and it was just that giant, like, uh, yeah. breathing ball? That was horrible. Yeah, it looked like an Aphex Twin music video. Yeah. Hmm. The Egg Nobel Prize for Economics went to a study that found that in countries with higher in- income inequality, people kiss their partner on the lips more often, which they conclude might have to do with maintaining strong long-term bonds in harsh env- environments. Yeah. Uh, you got to look for the bright side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Ig Nobel Prize for Management went to a story that we talked about a while back on Weekly Weird News. Uh, someone in China hiring a hitman who hired a hitman who hired a hitman who hired a hitman with each subcontracted hitman being for less money and no murder ever taking place in the end because the last hitman wasn't worth it. So he made a deal with the intended victim to simply fake their death in a photo. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, great. The prize that's the best management of the year. Yeah. The uh, Ig Nobel Prize for Entomology went to a study that found that many entomologists who study insects are afraid of spiders, which are not insects. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the Ig Nobel Prize for Medicine went to research that discovered a new medical condition, misophonia, which is distress at hearing other people make chewing sounds and, like, lip smacking. Uh, if I'm affected by this, do I get any financial consequences? You may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> the, <laughs> the mesothelioma? No, misophonia. Yeah, same thing. Give me money. Sounds pretty serious. Yeah. I got it from working down at the car factory. <laughs> Everyone in their lunch break. Disgusting. The Ig Nobel Prize for Medical Education went to Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, Jair Bolsonaro, Vladimir Putin, and several other world leaders, quote, for using the COVID-19 viral pandemic to teach the world that politicians can have a more immediate effect on life and death than scientists and doctors can. Basically, they're calling out all these world leaders for ignoring scientific expertise and getting people killed. A fun prize. Yeah. And finally, the prize for materials science went to the poop knife. Mm. Everyone has a poop knife. Not the Reddit poop knife that we constantly reference on this show, which is hilarious. Uh, You sure? Just look it up. I don't want to explain the poop knife. Uh, Rather, this was a study into an old Inuit legend about a man who supposedly sharpened a knife out of his own frozen feces and used it to kill a dog and then used that dog's ribcage as a sled to survive in the wilderness because someone stole his tools or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, So researchers, they they wanted to see if it was possible. So they, uh, they tested whether frozen shit could, in fact, be sharpened into a usable knife that could pierce an animal hide. Uh, but the result, unfortunately, was just poop streaks and no cuts on some dead animals. It's just a poopsicle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and just... They should have given mess. it to the real poop knife. Yeah. Which is when you take a poop that's too big, so you get your poop knife out and you cut it up. It's not flushing. It's just spinning around in a circle in there. Mm-hmm. It needs... Uh, you know, it's like feeding feeding a baby. You wouldn't hand a baby a hot dog. You, you cut slice that up. You slice that up mm-hmm. for the baby. Uh, anyways, finally, uh, we talked recently about how Microsoft's decision to name their next console the Xbox Series X might be a little confusing for people who to- aren't totally aware of all the various Xboxes out there, parents and grandparents yeah. being those people. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, maybe they're dyslexic. Yeah. That's also a lot of of X's in there. Well, we might have been right again because earlier this week, sales of the Xbox One X, which is not the new next-gen version, they went up by what seems to be a whole lot on Amazon, which, uh, yeah, the sales rank went from 2,804 to number 331. So it's a big, big jump. A lot of people are buying these thinking that they're getting the next-gen console for their kids. That's what it would seem. I mean, I guess it's entirely possible that 
a whole bunch of people were like, cool, they announced a new console. Wow, it's here already. The sales rank increased by 747%. Uh, Some have pointed out that this is not the same as actual unit sales going up by that much, uh, but still just going up that much in ranking. It's got to be something. Yeah, it's got to be something. Uh, Other people have pointed out that this may have just been a bunch of poorly trained bots that were meant to buy up the next-gen Xboxes that just went on sale, but they screwed up, so they instead bought up all the previous similarly named consoles instead. That would be hilarious. Which is very funny. Some yeah. some stupid hackers like, I have 700 Xbox One Xs that I need to get rid of now. Uh, but yeah, we, we choose to believe that it is, it is in fact a bunch of people, grandmas and parents, who fully intended to purchase the latest Xbox console, but fucked up because they were confused about the name. It's just funnier. And it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, a cherry on top of an already terrible year is some kid opening up a console they we already got own. you the new Xbox. You're like, what is this? And it's also sad because you know those parents and grandparents, their heart was in the right place. Yeah. And so were their wallets. He's going to be so excited. He, he's, it's all he's been talking about with his friends. And then these little dipshits are going to throw a fit and you're going to break grandma's heart. Yeah. And you're going to kill grandma. Yeah. Because you've been going to school all <laughs> Yeah. Grandma shouldn't be there. You're gonna, grandma's going to die knowing how depressed you were at her gift. Yeah. What a way to end the year. Yeah. Anyways, please watch our most recent videos over here. We got a, 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 just an episode about uh, Bethesda being bought by Microsoft and mm-hmm. Quibi uh, trying to get bought by anyone. Yeah. And also an episode of Weekly Weird News. Check both of those out. We'll be back for some news dumping, some Weekly Weird News again for this week. See you all very soon. Bye-bye.